Well, actually leads to a really good question because both of you have been exposed to and been mentored by some of the greatest coaches in the game today. Um, but how does their approach between uh, Coach Elliott and Sullivan um, differ from the likes of uh, Marv Dunphy, Karch Karai, John Cook, and so forth? Um, so we'll jump over to Jordan on this one first and then to Dave. Oh, goodness. Again, I think from like a coaching standpoint, I don't know if I have uh, enough uh, maybe time in the game with Jared and Eric. Uh, I was only there for a short period of time. So I think it's really hard for me to judge. But I think kind of what David had just touched on about people and I mean, and all those people that you mentioned, you know, that's kind of first and foremost, their their priority. And and obviously they they've worked really hard to get where they are. And um, they all have, you know, wonderful qualities to that have gotten them there. So, um, yeah, I thought David encapsulated a lot of that, but, um, he would probably have more experience as far as like the coaching side. Oh, there you go. The toss off. Yeah. Great. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't been in, I've only been in the gym. I mean, we haven't coached a team together. We've coached camps together. Um, so I really only know from our conversations outside the gym. Um, obviously once you get in the gym, it's, it's, how you interact with the athletes, whatever. But um, yeah, I think what's interesting for me, and this is more of like a coaching philosophical thing, there's no one magic way to do something. If there was, somebody would figure it out and then we'd all copy them and then we would all be doing it, right? So there's no magic pill. There's no one magic system. Oh, if you run, you know, your quick attack at this tempo, then you're going to, you know, hit 900. Like there's just not. Um, so specifically with Marv and Karch, right? Like they're great with people and they put the athlete first. I think that's what's really got to be stressed is the athlete is first and what's best for the athlete. Then, then it seems like they take what that individual and then it's, Hey, we have our core values, right? Here's what goes and doesn't go with the team. If you don't do those things, like you're just not a part of this group. So there are, you know, here's, here's what we value as a group. And then this person fits that in terms of what we value, but they, everybody brings this unique piece, right? And we want unique pieces and diversity mm -hmm. to, to be on our team, right? Um, and then how do we maximize those? And then how do we take all those individual pieces and, and make them this collection of a, of a team? Um, I think we've all seen really talented teams go nowhere. And we've all seen, you know, these teams that don't have very much talent in our eyes, right? sort of overachieve right so what right. is it that that does those things and and i think the great coaches can can take the individual get them to buy into the team concept or whatever they have to do for the team to be successful and then sort of mold those things so the conversations that we're having as a staff have been awesome um i think everybody philosophically is aligned in terms of how we want to play and and how we see the game obviously that comes from just watching a lot of volleyball and and seeing it at a really high level um, and then how we want to treat people. Right. So we're, we're in alignment there. And when we've been in the gym together, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. And, and I think our, the athletes we've worked with have gotten better and enjoyed it. So um, yeah, we're pretty excited. Well, next question is actually a great segue. It's either from a diehard Texas fan or a Nebraska fan looking for Intel, but it's <laughs> how good will this Texas team be this year? And it was, Strengths and weaknesses was the follow-up yeah. on the end of that. So, <laughs> I'll let you guys answer as you feel appropriate. But I thought it was a funny question. I'm thinking, 
Now, what's this guy's handle? Is it Texas fan or yeah. Jordan? <laughs> Jor- so well, Jordan's Jordan. been Jordan's been in the gym with them, so she would she'd probably know a little bit better than me. No, I was gonna throw over to you. Um, oh, yeah, gosh. I mean, I think <laughs> I think that um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously they've done a a, a great job uh, so far, and I think uh, we've added a couple pieces that I do think that will. Um, add value. And I, I think we're culturally like on the right path. And, um, I, I'm just excited to see us all kind of get in the gym all at once. Right. I was kind of working more individual basis, but I think that from the outside looking in, it seems like we do have those pieces to be a very successful team, you know, but I do think that it still, we have a lot to learn about ourselves and we have a lot to get better at. And so I think it's, it's tough to say right now um, because we haven't really all been together, but I think we do have really some special pieces. And I think um, like David said, I think you can have all the, this talent in the world, but if you can't, you can't make it work and you can't learn how to be selfless and, and, you know, having the team first and foremost, like if you can't have that coming from that perspective, um, I think it, it makes it really tough. And so um, I, I do think that we have a lot of pieces talently, but how can we, I don't know, talently is a word? No, definitely. Yeah, pieces but, talently. Yeah, no, I was sorry. Good. I was good. Pieces too <laughs> that have talent. There we go. Um, too is yeah. another word. <laughs> so I do think we have that. It's just, can we, can we all come together? And I, I do think this off season has allowed kind of people to get to know each other. And um, I, it makes me uh, obviously being a pro for so long, um, uh, I, I miss the off season, right? Like there's so much room for growth and, and vulnerability and time to invest. And, uh, I just, I, I, I miss those times of being able to really dive in and, and get to know one another. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I think that we have really good athletes, but first and foremost people, and, uh, I, I know they've taken this time and used it wisely. So I'm excited to get back in the gym, uh, and kind of see how we can make this all, all come together. Cool. Dave, take a stab. Yeah. So for Rob, you know me. I mean, we've done those <laughs> podcasts. I will not, I will not shy away from from <laughs> what I think. Um, yeah, this person played terribly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I do. So here's the deal. Yeah, I, I do think it's important to be honest, but I think you can have some tact as well as a coach. So a lot of times when I hear coaches or even like in the office, right? Oh, I was just being honest. No, you were sort of just being a jerk, right? Like you were blown (laughs) off steam. You can be honest and have a direct conversation without making making somebody feel like crap, right? Like there's a very sharp difference there. Um, Now it doesn't mean that when we're having a direct conversation that it's always comfortable, um, but you can have a direct conversation and still empower somebody to let them know that you're in it with them. You're going to help them as the best as you can, but this is the current reality or the situation as we see it. Um, we're going to have some, some challenges and it's not dissimilar from what we experienced at Pepperdine. You got transfers, you have transfers that are expected to carry a load, which transfers those are. I don't know. Right. I don't know what, what the current girls did in the spring, but I know that, that, as Jordan alluded to, this off season and this time when the coaches aren't with them really dictates a lot, dictates a lot of their success. So I think that's that's going to be a key element that we don't really know. Um, I think we're going to have to clean up first and second contacts, right? Like when I when I look at the elite teams in NCAA volleyball, 
or the teams that have won over the past few years, there's a clear line of, can we eliminate these dead ball situations? And, and these dead ball situations would be times that we get ace, times that we overpass or have to give a free ball over, right? So when we have possession of the ball, can we get a swing? It does us no good to have some pieces that are super physical and can kill the ball if we never have an opportunity to kill the ball or if we hurt our chances to kill the ball. Um, I think we're gonna have to evaluate how many times um, the ball is in play, right? So like that's a combination of, of service errors and reception errors, right? So like when the ball is in play, how good is our volleyball? I don't know. Um, nobody knows that right now. Nobody's played yet, but can we maximize things in there? Um, yeah, and just can we continue to teach our athletes to read and see the game at a high level and then execute accordingly, right? Like, I think an important piece to, to remember is they're really skilled athletes. They're good volleyball players. They wouldn't be in the gym if they weren't. So let's also empower them to go out there and be great competitors and, and play with and for each other and, and do that now. Because we have them coming from varying backgrounds, that's that could be potentially a challenge. But it seems like they've worked on that so far in the offseason. And then the last one would just be like from a coaching perspective, and this is not only our staff, right? Because now we have two new staff members, but, you know, more players as well as just language and how we speak and how we talk about things and how do we address things and not only skill, but, you know, terminology and when problems arise, like how do we, how do we resolve conflict and how do we deal with these things? And it's great when everyone's feeling good and it's the first few days of practice and, you know, the vibes are good. It's hard when we're getting into the end of September, beginning of October and, sort of that idea of the dog days and, you know, we know everything about each other that we want to know and don't want to know. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, Eric just eats his banana and it's just so loud. I just want to freaking kill him. You know, and it's just like, Whoa, like where'd that come from? So um, yeah, just those ideas, uh, you know, and they're, they're not dissimilar from, from what every other team is, is trying to talk about and solve. And then there's going to be this critical point where, and I don't know where it is um, for the women's volleyball, in terms of the season, but in men's volleyball, we would get to this critical point. It was about a little after halfway through the season where it was, we know where we want to be, or we know what we want it to look like. Where are we at right now? What's reality telling us? And then where do we need to shift course and um, continue to get better to peak at the end? So my guess would be, it'd be like a quarter of the way through the big 12 season. Um, but just, Nobody wins a national championship, you know, the first weekend that we play, right? The last week in August, it's going to be, can we play good volleyball at the end? And can we be our best the last six matches of the year? I'm going to shift over to uh, Jordan on this one. It is a, a, a good one-liner for you, but how was it like playing for Monza in Italy these uh, last few months? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was wonderful. Um, Obviously, I've heard wonderful things about Italy. Uh, I had only obviously visited there a couple of times, not Monza specifically, but Italy, um, and never really got the full experience, I guess, because I was always in and out. And um, yeah, I mean, they just treated me. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard, right? Like a player is coming in with probably two and a half months left of the season and they come in and it's like, all right, well, here's the Champions League match. You arrive on Tuesday and Champions League match on Saturday. Like, let's roll, you know? And so it's like, um, I think the team just, I'm really grateful. The team embraced me and 
uh, the club was uber professional on top of everything and really just an overall fantastic experience. And I get why people want to play there. <laughs> the lifestyle is great. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, um, really a wonderful experience. I have no, no complaints. And uh, most of all, the girls were just awesome. Well, I actually was, uh, you know, you triggered another question that was a little farther down on the list there, but um, someone had asked, would you pursue any other professional opportunities if they came about? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, I was lucky enough that they had, they did ask me to come back. Um, but at this time right now, I just don't think it's, it's the right time. Um, but I'm definitely, like I had said early on that just keeping the door open, you never know, um, where life takes you. And I think if, um, you kind of close that door firmly, like you just never know what could happen. And so just trying to keep an open mind, uh, one day at a time and just see where it goes. All right. Well, here's a, here's a, a one that I actually, I, I gave you guys a little warning on earlier before we start recording, but, uh, if a program was to pursue either of you as a head coach in the future and supportive of a package deal, what kind of situation would you ideally be looking for? Um, my guess is Dave will probably want to jump in first, but uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, go there you go. No, my, that affirmation there. Yeah, he, he would know. He would know. My first, <laughs> all right. My my first thing would be to call Jordan and say, "Hey, so and so called. What do we think?" So I would. I'm gonna no, don't, no. sort of go to you. No, but um, I think for me for me, it would depend how does Jordan like coaching, right? Like Jordan, this is going to be your first season with a full first season with a team. Is that correct? Yes. All right. To check. You need a confirmation. Oh. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is like, all right, there's a lot of things in coaching that people don't realize in terms of coaching the NCAA that just make it difficult, right? Like the time that we get with our athletes is actually very, very small. It's a lot of other things. Um, luckily the, the programs are larger athletic departments. You have more resources. So you do get more time investing in your athletes, which is nice. Um, versus if you have a smaller department where you as a coach have to wear more hats just because your department's a little bit smaller. Um, it, it tends to take away from, from the time recruiting and, and with the athletes. So, um, it's. Coaching in college, I guess the reason I bring that up is just it's a lot more than probably people realize in terms of you have to do more than just show up to practice and roll the balls out and then occasionally contact kids about coming to your school. Um, yeah, then it would just be sort of where are we at in life? Like what's important to us at that moment? And I think coaching for me has been this evolution. It sort of followed this path as I grow as a person. Um, for a long time as a young coach, it was just important to me to go to the Olympic Games. I want to go to the Olympic Games. That was all I thought about, right? I want to coach volleyball at the highest level and, and go to the Olympics and coach the best athletes in the world. And then when you get to the Olympics, you realize like, damn, the Olympics are only two weeks long, but I've only set my sights like towards this one goal. Mm -hmm. So now what, what makes me feel fulfilled and where do I get my enjoyment from? And uh, as I talked to young coaches and I was like this myself, sometimes coaching fills that competitive drive for a little bit. Okay. So as you get older, as the competitiveness, you know, is still there, right? It's not that we're not competitors, but now what else do we enjoy about coaching? And 
probably as you get older, it, it, it changes. And I'm sure when you have a family, it changes, right? When you become a mom or, or a father, it changes and how you view those relationships and how you invest in those relationships. So I think it has to do with where we're at, uh, individually and as a family, what have we been able to accomplish um, at Texas? I think that's a big one. Um, I, I gave Jared my word that, that we were going to be here and we're going to invest in this program, right? And, and we're going to try to do something unique in this program. And um, so that's a, that's a big one for me in terms of just professionally. I, I want to, Texas and women's volleyball is, is a big, different challenge, unique challenge. So um, how do we feel about taking that on? And then, uh, lastly, it would be sort of like wherever we go, is that somewhere that's philosophically aligned with how we want to treat people, how we want to compete, can it attract the kids and athletes that we want to attract and, and are the people that would be around us, people that we want to be around. And then is it a place that we want to spend time together? Um, going from Malibu to Austin is you know, those are two pretty high standards. So I don't know, there's not too many places in the country that I would want to spend more time in. So I'm not saying that we would never move, but those are two pretty good spots. I'll have a combination of all those factors and it's not like one of them would, yeah, they're not, it, the scales, yeah, aren't tipped one way or another. Great answer. And uh, <laughs> I like how George just like, whoop, you can have the baton back right there. But uh, this was actually for both of you, and I know that you guys are coming up on your your, your first year anniversary, if I'm correct, in yeah. August. Um, yeah. But I wanted to ask this question. I thought it was interesting because, um, especially being as prominent names as both of you are in the game, they'd ask any advice for couples working together and handling the dynamics of the work slash home environment without that natural break from one another. But you guys have been apart quite a bit during the first year. So I'm like, yeah. that's pretty interesting. But I mean, it is a challenge yeah. in itself. I mean, not everyone gets to go to an Olympics in Tokyo. And, you know, not everyone is a D1 coach who's in a, a highly prominent program. So I'm curious as how you guys would approach that. And so this question can also be answered for a little fan there. So uh, yeah. Jordan, you want to take the stab? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, like you said, we really haven't been in the same place yet. Um, I do think that that is something that we're going to have to constantly be aware of and, and something that is going to be on our mind of how can we make this the best situation, not just for us, but for the players as well. And um, I think, um, I, Rob, are you frozen there? Maybe? I don't know. Looks like it. Nah, just keep going. I can hear you. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a good conversation. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, keep going. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so I just think it's just keeping it at the forefront of our mind. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Yeah, I, I think Jordan hit on a good psychological piece, right? And just awareness. Mindfulness is a big topic nowadays, specifically in sport, and it just awareness of what's going around around on around you and how you're reacting to it so awareness is big uh i do think for us that we don't have any great advice for it because we haven't actually been in the same spot so uh during covid you know we were around each other a lot um and it was great in terms of we were able to to talk about a lot of things. We got on a few Zooms with some good friends and talked volleyball. And I think we had a good time doing that. And 
Um, volleyball has been a common language. And I think what, what people need to understand when we say like we're fans of volleyball or we love volleyball, it's not really that like, I wouldn't even say it's we love volleyball, right? Volleyball for us, or at least for me, is it's a little bit of psychology, a lot of psychology. It's a little bit of tactics. It's how do we deal with people? It's group dynamics. It's like, you know, this, how do we get these people to work together, team cohesion? Um, it's science, right? So you have the science of how people learn skill. It's physics, right? Like our sport is very rooted in, just physics and how do you apply force and uh, power. And so it's all of these different things. And then as a coach, you know, you have the leadership aspect, right. And just what makes great leaders. And so there's all these different things that we talk about and probably people would term it as, Oh, you just talk volleyball, but it's not that we're, we're talking volleyball. It's we're, we're just talking about things that I think can be applied to anything in life, which um, is really just life conversations and, yeah, probably not dissimilar than, than a lot of other people have in their household in terms of when they come home from work and they're invested in it, right? Like, that's the other thing is uh, Jordan is passionate about what she does. She's invested in what she does and she goes all in on what she does. I would be the same way. And, and some people might say that at times it's unhealthy because we <laughs> could become obsessive about it, but you just want what's best for the people that you're working with because you care for them and you want to feel like you're doing right by them. So um yeah, that I just think the, the important piece for us that would be, you know, if something came up in our personal lives, that that doesn't bleed into to work relationships or the kids or or the team. But I think that's, again, that's something that that is in every profession, right? Like if I go into the office and I'm, you know, in a different profession, I don't want to take it out on my coworkers because I'm having a bad time at home, right? Or because Spud kept me up all night, you know, if he wanted to play with his toy or whatever it is. So uh, I think it really applies to anything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw this question your way. I know that, that uh, Jordan, you have been part of the recruiting process, but um, we'll be exposed to it pretty quickly here. But what is the biggest piece of advice for a young player who hasn't entered the recruiting process yet? You know, what can they do to maximize their game now and going into the future? I guess I was too. I just realized that when they put that punctuation in the wrong place. So um, we'll just go with that first half of that. The uh, What is the biggest advice for a young player uh, entering the recruiting process? How about that? David, go ahead. No, but he said Jordan. <laughs> no, he didn't say anything. <laughs> no. I said, take a step first. I'm sure Dave has got something to say too, because it's oh, your first year in the process. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I think that oftentimes, you know, I think that coaches, the um, athletes think coaches want to look at talent first, right? And they, and they do, right? Like if you are a talented person, that's probably what catches their eye initially. But I think what athletes need to remember is like all these intangibles that are also go into it you know like how are you treating your parents how are you treating your teammates all those things encompassing kind of lead to um you know maybe a program going after a certain athlete or maybe a program not going about a certain athlete because of all those things around surrounding that athlete and so I think just when you're thinking about all right I got to put out my best self it's like all right well what is my best self yes it's like um, showing my talent, but also how can I be, you know, 
caring about others or, you know, just showing that I'm, I'm a selfless person and that I want the team to be successful. And, and that's just awareness and, you know, and then also like having, you know, maybe conversations with your coach, like on how that looks and, and can be portrayed to um, coaches that are recruiting. So, um, but I also think too, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, I think that, you know, as young athletes, they feel like they have to like be this perfect thing. And, and that, you know, everybody's not perfect, you know, like it's, you know, everybody has flaws and it's okay. And to kind of lean into that and, and to be okay in that space. So um, that would be my, my two cents. Well, that's a great piece of uh, wisdom though, for sure. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything differently. So I, I think that's, that's good. I, the only thing I would piggyback is just um, whether it's recruiting or, or being an athlete, right. Or just as you're growing up, you got to remember that everybody's path is different and everybody has their own story and their own narrative. And there's no one way to get somewhere in life or whatever your goals are. There's not just one direct path and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be messy and it's not always going to go according to plan. Um, but I would say just, you know, paint your own picture, write your own story, right. And whatever that is and, and have a clear goal of what you want to accomplish and then get after it. Right. And, and what does that look like every day? So that would be my one thing. Good stuff. This one's for Jordan only. Sorry, Dave. Uh, only for you, Jordan. You heard that. Only for you. Specific on the, uh, my direct messages on Instagram, but, uh, um, I know it'd be an exciting opportunity and a special challenge, but how emotional would it be if Texas faced Nebraska in a national championship match this coming season? Yeah. I mean, I've actually gotten that question quite a bit. Um, and I, I think it would be, you know, from a volleyball fan, like take myself out of it and just observing. Like, I mean, if you talk about two of the top programs, like in the United States, like seeing that, like as a, you know, two very talented teams going at it. I, I think it's going to, I think it would be fantastic. And um, I obviously like born and raised Nebraska, like obviously proud alum, but I, I think I've been removed from the game for some time, you know? And so I think coming back, um, I have this like openness and, and I think where my mind and focus is going to is just like these young student athletes, regardless of what right? Like program they decide to go to, right? Like ultimately, you know, now being a part of the national team, it's how, how can we get our players to be the best internationally if that's what they choose to do, you know, and how can we have a great impact on wherever they are and what program that is, you know, can that be the focus? And, and I think maybe as I get more intertwined, you know, in the NCAA and, you know, the competitive side will probably come out more as far as, you know, will they, you know, well, you know, we don't like them because of so-and-so or whatever, you know? So I think it's, um, but as of right now, the perspective or the lens that I'm, I, I see it from is like, you know, all these young student athletes are in like the best time of their lives. And it's such a time to mold and, and figure out who they are and, and what they want to be. And, um, I just want them to have the best experience wherever they are and, and just really, dive into what they want next. And if they want to play internationally, you know, how can we make our national team be as dominant as it should be, right? Like we should be dominating um, just based off of depth of talent and uh, just overall experience. Um, so I just, I think that's where a lot of my focus goes. And um, I think 
But of course, going back to the general question, I think a Texas Nebraska final would be fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what could happen. Well, you know, in your response, it actually triggered another question that was asked. And I'd, I'd love for both of you to take a stab at it, being that Dave, you were an assistant on the uh, women's national team. But what are your thoughts on USA's performance in VNL this season? Because I know there was high expectations, but they had an early exit in the uh, finals round. So um, who's feeling like they've got it? I'm looking at your faces, body language, and uh, I'm not sure where to go here on this one. <laughs> <laughs> David, go Dave, you want to take a step? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take a step. It, it obviously means that Karch and his staff forgot how to coach since Tokyo ended four months ago or however long, right? Like, that's <laughs> obviously, no? That's not. No, I think it's, yeah, I, I think, well, one, to say, one, you got to give credit to, to Serbia, right? Serbia played some good volleyball. Uh, I watched the match. Um, Serbia played some really good volleyball. And then for the U.S., I mean, so Jordan knows this, right? They won the gold medal, but the margins are wafer thin, right? Like when you're playing the best teams in the world, we could have easily won the gold medal in 2016 as well but you know in the fifth set it went the other way you know 15 13 where if it goes our way maybe the u.s is two-time gold medalist so it's you're playing elite elite teams like the margins are thin matches like that can go either way um the pieces that karch is integrating into his team um obviously they they lost all significant pieces from uh, the previous year, but the talent that they have is good and they're learning and they're, they have to go through those phases and those growth phases um, as athletes as well. And those are all good signs. And those are all part of the, the maturation process for me as a coach, you know, and I'm sure Karch is looking at it the same way. Like how did the athletes respond when it didn't go their way, either in the match or after the match, right? Cause that's going to be telling of their success long-term. How do they, they take failure and how do they respond to it? And uh, yeah, fuel is the right word or maybe not the right word. Cause I think when you use it as like this motivation, it, it's only lasting for so long, but just what, what's the learning process and can we incorporate that learning process and can we get better and can we keep the end in mind? Um, so yeah, it's, um, that's a long winded way of saying like other teams play good volleyball and you got to acknowledge that doesn't mean the u.s isn't playing good volleyball and um the u.s is going to keep integrating some pieces that that maybe weren't out there on the floor before and and going to keep getting better so it'll be fun to see what they do at world champs and and then they'll learn some stuff there and they'll break it all down and and keep that process going yeah how about you jordan are you watching yeah actually? Yeah, you know, I, I really, uh, life has been a little crazy, so I haven't probably watched as much as I would have liked. Um, but in general, um, it's just, it's cool to see, you know, um, them trying to navigate this space, right? They have new pieces and like, how do they form and, and, but in general, like all great people. And I know they'll, they'll use this as, as a, a learning lesson and, you know, be able to kind of re- reframe how they want to be and want to approach things so I think with any anything in life uh whether it's volleyball or just in general right like there's always a lesson to come out of it and uh, I know that they'll they'll use this as a 
as a good learning tool and to be able to kind of reframe how they want to approach, you know, leading into world champs and then beyond, right? Like through the quad. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited for them. I think it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity and um, yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, the, the game was close, right? It was like fifth set, right? Like, so I think again, like there's always things, well, we could, you know, they were so close. So at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, it is what it is. And, you know, you learn from it and knowing Karch, like he's going to, um, he's going to do a great job of, of leading and, and being able to, um, get the team where it needs to be prepped and ready for world champs. Yep. Well, I feel like I need to uh, throw in a, a big 10 question in there. I know that, that you're both relatively new. Well, at least from a coach. Well, I, I went to UCLA. So now I'm a big 10. I'm big 10 too. Oh. Right? Like, that's the deal. We're both big 10. Jordan. Here we go. That's the topic of another podcast, Dave. <laughs> but um, any um, thoughts on how the big 10 volleyball teams can impact all of women's volleyball. And then while you're at it, um, any sleeper teams this upcoming season that are catching your eyes at this time uh, of the year. And uh, give you a second to think about that because I, I can see the uh, gears turning uh, physically here. So, um. David, go ahead. <laughs> Smart move by Jordan. She just diverts all these things. I I haven't watched. I mean, I haven't seen anybody. Like I, the only things I've seen are the teams last year. So I don't know. Usually, like at Pepperdine, I would know who the good teams are going to be by recruiting classes over the years right like oh i know that this school has these pieces in their gym or um you know rob when we were talking about uh long beach last year right to start the year i was saying hey this bulgarian guy we saw him over the summer he's pretty good guys like <laughs> just keep an eye on him he's pretty darn good um so usually you would you would see that i didn't see any of those kids in the recruiting process um because I just got here and, and girls 18s were, were over, right. They do it earlier uh, for USA volleyball or AUs or wherever they go. Um, it's, it's done. So I didn't see those girls um, playing. So I, I couldn't predict really, I would only know on, on who returns people from last year's teams. Cause that's what I've, the video I've watched, but um so I, I can't tell you any sleepers or anything like that, other than probably what what the volleyball fans already know. Yeah. Anything to add, Jordan? I know that's a very limited experience. Nope. Okay. Well, then I'm going to take the opportunity to share a story because I had met Jordan at one of the first USA events, uh, you know, one of the hotel dining halls at breakfast or lunch or something. And I was just uh, so blown away at how friendly and outgoing you were as a, uh, an athlete that I'd seen on the national stage. But it's really cool because I am currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the uh, Norseka Pan American Cup with a U19 team. And I was sitting at breakfast yesterday thinking, well, I have this interview with both Dave and Jordan. And this is a, the same scenario in which I met Jordan at and <laughs> seeing these girls, how shy and you know they're, they're sweet and everything. But gosh, they were uh, it just it just brought back memories of being, meeting you for the first time, being at this in this huge meal room where all these international teams are at. But um, you can see the talent coming up and, and Dave and I've been watching some of the mat well, all the matches for me, David, some of them, because he's working too. So, um, but yeah, the U S has got a deep talent pool and a lot of power coming into the USA program. So, um, but 
I love seeing how you text like, well, be sure to tell my son hello. I'll be sure to do it this morning. They kind of took off all the group, you know, the, the, the ladies all travel in a group. So, <laughs> but I'll be sure to hit that up. But um, with that, you know, it's just cool seeing the development of these girls coming into the USA program and the talent pool that's me coming in. I feel like the impact of women's volleyball or the growth of women's volleyball and the talent that's there has started in those conferences that you guys are are now coaching in. You know, there's such a, a huge talent base and you guys are bringing out the best in them. So it doesn't shock me that both of you are part of a, another huge program in Texas. Now, Dave, you know, a bias toward you. Why did you stay in the men's game? Not going to lie. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, such a great uh, story for you guys to be a part of Texas. And I know that you know, you've I've, run. Go ahead. Rob, I, I got to say, you know, we ran this boys camp at, at Texas uh, a few days ago. Uh, I, I don't know when this will air, but it, we ran this a few days ago. There's no plan to add men's volleyball at Texas. I'm just throwing that out there right now. I had gotten a lot of messages. Hey, is this starting or whatever? But uh, because Jared, Eric, and myself all have roots in men's volleyball, like I think we're we're committed to trying to grow it, you know, and and you talked about me leaving men's volleyball, but there's a lot of people in in the game of volleyball. I'm just gonna join them all together. The game of volleyball that have their roots as players or coaches. Um, on the men's side that are really invested in, in growing it. And, uh, you know, Craig Skinner at, at Kentucky is one of them. Uh, the whole Shondell family, like people don't realize just how invested those people are. It may not be, you know, out on the forefront where they're, you know, their name is out there in bright lights, but these people are doing a lot of hard work to try to keep the game overall growing. Um, so I, I think at Texas, we also feel that that responsibility to keep it going and grow it. And, and the game has given us a lot similar as it's given Jordan a lot. And, and, you know, Rob, you get to be at these events. I'm going to group you in it too. But um, so I see that going on. So I just had to mention that as well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end on this one. That way we can clear the air. I was asked to ask this question of Dave. And then we'll, we'll give uh, Jordan the opportunity to retort or respond but a word through the grapevine is when Dave was an assistant on the USA women's national team, uh, that uh, Jordan was challenging the coach. <laughs> so I wanted you to uh, comment on that, Dave. <laughs> well, to be fair, she could probably argue that I was probably tough to play for. So that could be like the same way of, of saying that. But um, I wouldn't say tough to coach. I just, I think we didn't see things eye to eye. And I think... Part of it was I didn't know her as an athlete. Uh, I didn't know anybody really in that gym as an athlete. And um, it just took some time to, to get to know each other, get to know how she saw things, how, um, yeah, just sort of, obviously she had been playing for a while at a high level already, um, just sort of where her mindset was. And then from my standpoint, how I was seeing it. And I saw this person that was a really good volleyball player that could impact others in such a strong way, uh, hopefully for the positive. And how could that manifest itself? So I saw I was approaching it from that regard in terms of effort, energy, like just competitiveness. She never lacked that ever, which is something that you love in your athletes as a coach. Um, 
but I guess what it the way as I think about it now would be I wanted her to give more to others because I saw the impact that she could have. Um, and maybe, yeah, I'll let her articulate that or sort of how she saw that. Um, yeah. Very yeah. Good. I wow. mean, I, yeah, yeah, no, I think, um, I think early on in this conversation, you know, I talked about, you know, I, I ask a lot of questions. And so sometimes how those questions are perceived maybe are come across in a manner of that it's, you know, questioning intention or questioning, you know, just overall. I don't know if that even makes sense, but I think sometimes I was always looking for something or why we were doing it, you know, because I, I wanted to be able to fully like understand so then I can like get to like the answer quicker. And I think oftentimes my, how I did that and then maybe how my actions were being perceived by others, um, you know, was taken in a manner that was never my intention, right? Like my intention was always, I, I want the best for the team and, you know, I, I, the team before me, like me, and I, I know that I couldn't do it alone. I was just, you know, trying to survive and just be there and, and how can I add value? And so I think, you know, like, for example, like one comment he had, he pointed out to me and, and it was very well, like, um, understood, like I would get water and I would just kind of sit off by myself. I mean, Fluka was next to me, but I was kind of more towards the end versus like, Hey, like the team is kind of over here, but like, I, it wasn't because I wanted to be far from them. I just, that's just where I was placed. But the perception of maybe what that was taking from other, uh, other players, like how does that, you know, being perceived by others. And so, um, just that awareness piece and things that I just maybe wouldn't have even acknowledged or not maybe even acknowledge like notice because you know I just wouldn't think about those kind of things so I think that um I think that he's brought up a lot of great points of how I can be better and how I can um get my intention across better um because that's always been where my heart has been and I think that I I've been able to be on a lot of successful teams and it's not because of of me right it's because of all encompassing and being you know a, a sum, like a, a piece of the sum, you know? And so I think it's just being able to kind of dive into that and just more awareness on how, how my actions can really like impact um, those around me. Oh, Rob, one, yeah, one, I mean, that's gold right there, I think for, for athletes and coaches, but the, the one, the biggest one is I thought back to it too, for in specifically with Jordan was anytime you have an athlete they can carry a load for you, right? Like, and it's coaching too. You want to catch your teammates or, or athletes doing things correctly or right, and then celebrate that, right? Like as a teammate, I want to celebrate my teammates doing things well, right? So if I, the easy one is I kill an overpass, right? The first thing I want to do is I want to turn around and acknowledge the server, right? Like you, Hey, that was a great serve. Nice job. Nothing drives me more nuts than like the athlete that turns around to the stands and is like, you know, flexing <laughs> and you're just like, it was right on the net. You were supposed to kill it. Like the guy that just did all the work for you was there or, you know, you get a great out of system set. Somebody runs it down and gets it up to the net and the athlete kills it and then just like does a 360 and runs around the gym. And it's like, yeah, you're the guy that set the ball is on the ground next to the barrier, but you're going to run around in circles and. <laughs> just the idea that we're all working on something right and i think great teams understand that 
and and start pulling for each other and so if me and jordan are out there competing and even if we're trying to get the same spot we're both outside hitters and we both want to play i'm pulling for jordan to be her best because i want to measure my best against jordan's best it's not really against i just know that hey if jordan's at her best then my practice level is going to go up and i'm going to get better at the end of the day we're both on the same team and we're both going to contribute to the same goal and we're both going to bring different different aspects and you know playing is completely outside of our control it's going to be whoever coach wants out there with whatever he values and if he's made that clear awesome if he hasn't then you know that's outside of our our control as well so um i think it's that idea of i want the level of my teammates to be good and i want my level to be good and uh, it's one thing to hold myself to a high standard i think everybody in the usa gym probably holds themselves to a high standard it's can I hold myself to a high standard and inspire my teammates to also be great? And if I can do that, that's when I become elite. Um, so I think Jordan made that transition. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of any of the coaches. I think she's a smart competitor that, that figured that out on her own. And, and the elite athletes are sensitive to what works. And when it works, they stick with it and they hone in on it. Um, yeah, I think she's done that over her career. Wow. Well, uh, I know that we've gone really long, but it's such golden nuggets from both of you. you uh, guys, are, it's pretty apparent you are very complimentary to each other. And it's, I think uh, it, it's, I don't say this to be a joke or anything, but it's seriously it's like a volley couple in the game. And Texas is only going to benefit, but not only Texas, I think the entire game of volleyball in the U.S. will be affected by what you're going to be doing here in the upcoming uh, months and years to come. So, um, Dave, Jordan, I can't even thank you enough for always being willing to uh, jump on a, a video call with me and, and do interviews and podcasts and so forth, but I cannot thank you enough. So, uh, David Hunt, Jordan Larson, it's uh, from every part of the volleyball world. We'll just say that because yeah, you guys have yeah, your yeah. fingers in on everything. So, <laughs> thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank Thanks, you. Rob.